Welcome to ta- Crime and Time on the Rocks. Crime and Time on the Rocks. So, what are we drinking? We are drinking the Casablanca. Casablanca. So, it's a rum based cocktail. It's two and a half ounces of light rum, a half ounce of Cointreau, a half ounce of maraschino liqueur, and a half ounce of lime juice. You shake it all in a shaker, strain it into a chilled cocktail glass. It's this gorgeous kind of. Um, it's like hazy. It's hazy. It's not quite yellow, but it's not quite clear. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm very anxious to try it. So, so the cocktail glasses we're drinking it in have like a gold flake, like kind of motif to them. They're very, very 50s. Oh, we're so like Mad Men right now. All right. So ting. Let's try it. Oh, that was not a good ting. They're not no, going to make suck. one. Yeah. They're not going to make one. Let's try it. I am totally... I taste the maraschino liqueur, like, a Do lot. You? Yeah. I, I taste rum. But rum. I rum. like it. It's not, I mean, it's drinkable, but it's not something that is, like, going to be memorable for it's me. It's too sweet for my palate. Yeah. But I'll absolutely drink it. For sure. Yeah. So... Casablanca. So what do you have to tell me about? Okay. Casablanca, I... Oh, I struggle with Casablanca. Like Bogey and Bacall. I struggle with Casablanca. I looked up things about the movie. I looked up things about the naval battle. I just looked and looked and looked and looked and looked. And I could not do it. So my Casablanca story is about Morocco, but not necessarily Casablanca. So I'm going to ask you a question. What do... Dreidel, 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 blah, 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 Made blah, it blah. out of clay. Made dreidel, it out of clay. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. Yeah. That and Play It Again, Sam, or da 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 the movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for me. So this is going to be about a director. Okay, but I'm going to add another song. Okay. The Inquisition. You know, Mel Brooks. I know, but I'm trying to relate all of these. Like, is this about, like, a a composer? Okay, now, I am talking to you about a Moroccan-born Jewish diplomat pirate who was questioned by the Inquisition. Okay, that (laughs) pretty much wraps every single thing possible ever into one. Right? Okay, craziest, craziest story ever. So, Samuel... Peliche. He was not born in Casablanca. He was born in Fez. Okay. But I tried. I really tried to get Casablanca, but I got Morocco. Anyway, he's he's a guy, and he's a guy. And and all of these, like all of this. He looked like a man. He looked like a man. There's all this sailing stuff going on during this time. And a lot of these instruments were made by Jewish mathematicians and cartographers and physicists, and they're making all of these things to help people navigate on the sea. And do we know what time this is? I'll get there. Okay, I didn't know if I was missing something. So, all of these Jewish people are inventing these fabulous inventions. The Jews are kicked out of Spain. Nobody wants you in Spain. Go away. Totally common thing for them to do to pick up sea activity. They have all these inventions. Why don't we just sail? Blah, blah, blah. So they are, there's, you know, like Jewish people are picking up sea activity and you have navigation tools and da, da, da. So that's the 
law-abiding side of the coin. So there's another side, and you're going to tell me about that. There's another side of the coin, and a lot of several Jewish people, including Mr. Samuel Paliche, go for the other side of the navigational coin. So um, he uses several of the Jewish, the <sighs> Jewish tools and expertise to become a pirate. Yes! So, Jews are expelled. They go away. They leave. They, a lot of them went into piracy. And a lot of them would, would. Well, they didn't have an option. They were kicked out of their home. Kicked out of their home. You got to do like what you can fucking do, right? So, fend for yourself. And so, they're, they've got these navigational tools. And so, they're doing the best they can. They will, they will target Spanish ships as revenge. So, one of the most famous Jewish pirates was Don Samuel Pelice. Okay, you said his name before. No, yeah. you said Samuel, but it's... I said Samuel, but he's Don Samuel. What okay. does Don mean? Like Mr., right? No. In Spanish, Don means father. Okay. Yeah. Samuel Pelice is a rabbi, a ship captain, an ambassador, a spy a double agent and a pirate it reminds me of that share song like what is it like something tramps and thieves i don't know samuel is kind of the shit he's just sort of awesome so he was born in 1550 in morocco he was born in fez but we're gonna pretend that he was born in casablanca, casablanca. because i i tried to find something fabulous about casablanca but then i ran into this story and i was sort of this was my thing. I was not going to do anything else. So he was, he and his entire family, his entire family were outcast from Spain and were kicked out. So they're very angry and bitter. Um, his father was a rabbi. He expected Sam is just going to go into the family business, become a rabbi, blah, blah, blah. Sam. Well, Sam did become a rabbi. He did. And he becomes ordained. And he has, you know, he's doing his thing, da, da, da. But he has other ideas as well. It was very interesting. When I was researching this, I kind of got all of this information off of the first website. Um, this came from Samuel Pladice, www.bhord.il. This was from the famous Jewish pirate by Ushi Daram. So... I kind of got all my research off of this website and wrote the story, and then I looked at other things and thought, oh, that's interesting, and that's interesting, but I've sort of already written it, and I'm lazy. Well, you'll probably improvise with some of the more I will imp improvise with some of the other stuff, but anyway, so I, I mostly focused on this particular man, Isham's story of Sam. So Sam is, he's a pirate. He was born in 1550 Morocco. He was descended from the Spanish outcasts. His father's a rabbi, blah, blah. I already said all that. Expect to follow the family business. He is, he's, they're kind of stuck in this little corner of the city because, you know, the Jews, outcast, you go over there, you live in that corner, deal with your own thing. You take care of yourselves. Don't deal with the rest of us. So he's a little annoyed annoyed because he doesn't want to just deal with this he's hearing all of these stories about this and that and this and he, he grows up you know how 
I tell my kids stories when they go to bed, like bedtime stories. And, and I would read um, the Little House in the Prairie books. Yeah, like old-timey stuff. Right. So apparently young Sam went to bed uh, with his famous or his fabulous Jewish relatives telling stories to him of the great Jew, Salah Shanan who was a Jewish pirate, and the, this Jewish pirate fought the red-bearded red bearded Barbaros. Well, I've of the, heard of Barbaros. Like, you've heard of Barbaros? Yeah. yeah, so these are big pirate guys. So these Jewish pirates are fighting the red-bearded Barbaros of the Ottoman Empire, of the Ottoman Navy. So he grows up hearing these stories, and he and his brother are like, we can fucking be pirates, what the hell? You know, so they get a ship and they start sailing around northern Morocco. And of course, whose ships are they going to attack? They're going to attack the Spanish ships. Well, yeah, they got kicked out and they had no love for Spain. No love for Spain. So this is what what makes me laugh. They attack the Spanish ships, the merchant ships. They grab all the Spanish merchandise. And then they dress up in the Spanish people's clothes that they just stole. And they look like Spanish merchants. And they go to the Spanish port cities and they sell them their own shit. That's brilliant. Right? That's brilliant. They steal the shit and then they sell the shit to the people who ordered the shit. That's brilliant. So cool. Like, I just think he and his brother are amazing. So he's just doing this, and his exploits are becoming known, and he's getting to have a name for himself, and he's smart, and he's cunning. He knows several languages, like over five. This man can speak over five languages. I know over zero. I know one. That's over zero. You know one? That's over zero. I know over zero. Okay, we know over zero languages. I don't know over two. Also, I taught Spanish and German at one point you in my did. life. You did. We have mentioned that, that you have taught Spanish and spot, taught German. I taught Spanish. But we still know over zero languages. I know over zero languages, yes. I want to do Duolingo and learn Gaelic because I don't need to learn Spanish anymore. My school is not Spanish-speaking. Um, so anyway, he is cruising along. He's got five languages. He is getting a reputation for himself. He is smart. He is cunning. He is ruthless. He knows all these languages. The Sultan of Morocco, who is named Ahmed al-Mazur. Sounds right. It sounds good to me. I don't know. He's the Sultan of Morocco. He says, hey, dude, 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 dude. Samuel, I want you to be the ambassador oh really Amsterdam yeah so this so he's going to Amsterdam to be the ambassador from Morocco right crazy he's he's a badass dude so Ahmed Al-Azur also if I'm an ambassador anytime I want to go to I want to be an ambassador yeah I want to be an ambassador I'll sign up this guy's also called the Golden King. He says, Sammy, go be the ambassador of Morocco to Holland. You know what the fuck's going on. Go. So, 1595. There's the year. Okay. 1500s. So, 1595, he ends his career. Before the Spanish he, Armada. quote, unquote, ends his, piracy his career, career in piracy and starts his career in diplomacy. He goes to The Hague. The Hague was still a thing then. The Hague was a fucking thing in 1595. 
a la the Spanish Inquisition. We'll get there. We'll get there. You're okay, catching it. Sorry. Okay, so he is a he is the shit. He goes and he creates a little Jewish community. He's got the rabbi. He's the rabbi. He becomes the like thing for the little Jewish community there. Pretty soon the Sultan says, Hey, Sam, I want you to take I did not understand this. I do not understand how this is a thing. But he wants Samuel to, to go get a shipment of jewels from South America with wax. The Sultan of Morocco is sending wax to go buy jewels. Apparently I don't they really that. needed wax in South America. In 1595, maybe candles were a shortage in South America. I don't know. But so, little Sammy goes along he's got his brothers they're cruising along they go to head toward south america with their ship of jewels to get their ship of wax or whatever and he is captured by portugal and portugal has control portugal was the crap in the 1500s right they have control of the entire iberian peninsula and they're like we got you so sammy who is pretty crafty. He sees the writing on the wall. He knows, I got some money trouble. I got some other trouble. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. He says, hey, Spain, I'm from Morocco. I'm going to tell you the shit about Morocco. And Spain says, okay, sounds good. But all of these Spanish guys that are there are thinking, oh, you're some Jewish like, dude. don't trust him. Right. Are you going to try and turn these people away from us that we've already converted via the Spanish Inquisition? In other words, are you going to come in and become a martyr for all of these poor people that we have bullied and harassed and persecuted, persecuted into becoming Catholic even though they're already Jewish? He's hanging out in the city, and there's a whole story about, okay, this I found in another site, actually Wikipedia, who knows, you know, um, where poor little Samuel is cruising along in his carriage. I shouldn't say poor little. Samuel, the badass, is cruising along in his carriage in the city, and the Spanish ambassador is cruising along the other way, and they meet in the middle of the street. They both cannot pass. So, it was a... It's like the Bloods in the Crips. Right, Bloods in the Crips. And it is a massive, massive, massive deal. And the Spanish dude actually backs up his shit to let Sammy go by. That's a win. Right? Yeah, so he is the thing. Circle takes the square. Circle takes the square. He is the shit there. So, he's very powerful in Holland. He's not sure what to do, so he's he's he sails. He's just gonna he's gonna do this. So he's here's another thing. I'm not sure where this fits in. I'm just literally reading from these websites. So he's broke pre standoff, pre or post. I'm not sure. Standoff with the Spanish guy. He needs to figure out a way to to keep things going. So he is in. He sails back to Holland. He finds his old contacts. He meets up with a guy named Prince Maurice. Prince Maurice of Nassau. Prince Maurice of Nassau. Nassau, Bahamas? No. He's the son of William the Silent. Oh. So old-timey Europe stuff. No, this is 1500s. We're not the Bahamas yet. Yeah. 
He's the son of William the Silent. He, William the Silent is the founder of the Dutch Republic. So you had all these tiny little Dutch... Okay, okay. Um, yeah, all these tiny little Dutch... Like colonies. City-states, yeah. whatever. And William the Silent's like... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that sound was a drink being poured everywhere. Everywhere. There was not that much in it. All right, we're going to pause just a moment. Though. Okay, so Jewish pirate. Sweet little Jewish pirate. He's just cruising along. And he's got the whole confrontation in the streets with the Spanish ambassador. He's, he's, he's got a thing. So he's approached by, we are talking about Prince Maurice. Prince Maurice says, hey, I hate the Spanish. You hate the Spanish. We've got a thing with the Spanish, so we can't really break the thing with the Spanish because they said... We got a thing going on. We got a thing going on. They said they won't attack us. We said we won't attack them, but I fucking hate them. So Sammy says, hey, guess what? I hate the Spanish too. So how about we do this? How about you buy me a bunch of ships? You hire a bunch of crew. We don't tell anybody that you're hiring them because this is the 1500s and they can do that. And I will fly all of us under the flag of Morocco. We will be badass Moroccan bitches. You be the financier. Spanish get fucked. We all win. Prince Maurice says, yeah, that sounds good. So they enter into this thing and he becomes a, a what are those called? Where they're not a pirate. Like a But they're mercenary? sanctioned by the state. Yeah, kind of. He becomes a mercenary. But they're specifically gar- going for, towards Spanish ships. And he gets all of this stuff. And he's just like, he's the badass of the sea. He's going, 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 going. And eventually, in 1614, one of his adventures underneath Amsterdam money but Moroccan flag gets compromised and they run into a problem and it's it's not that like nobody attacks them they're not they're not bested you know what gets them what germs oh gross right so the entire crew comes down with some horrible disease probably dysentery or, or consumption or consumption is it consumption or, dysentery it, it doesn't say it, it just says some horrible disease that we can totally take care of with oh penicillin now or syphilis yeah. i don't well, know whatever. thanks to the germ theory of disease right so the entire crew is just down and out can't deal with it anymore so they have to park and they park 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 what do you call a ship when it parks birth birth it's not called a birth a birth is a, a bed in a train. Dock. Dock. They dock. They dock. Thank you, child number one. A mm. ship docked. They had a dock in Plymouth, England. So they dock in Plymouth, England, and as soon as they dock in Plymouth, England, the little Spanish ambassador, and I can just picture him in his little plumes and his little feathers and like going up to the to the Queen Elizabeth, I think, who was well, the Well, wasn't queen of it this like time. Isabella and um, what's his face? Ferdinand? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. But this little tiny no, that Spanish was the four- ambassador. Okay, that was the 1400s. Never mind. This Spanish ambassador with his little feathers in his collar, and he's all huffy puffy. And he's, I, it's Queen Elizabeth, right? 
Well, you were talking about England, I was talking about Spain. Well, now we're talking about England. Get on the program. Okay, I'm on the program. Okay, England. These going up to the English monarch, whether he or she be female or male. I'd have to do some research, and I don't want to. But he's huffing and puffing. Blah, blah, blah. He needs to be punished. Da, 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 da. So poor little Samuel gets put before an English judge. He does not get to the monarch. He just gets to a judge. And the judge says, hey, I like your spunk. You're kind of cool. I'm going to set you free. That would be great if that worked in real life. Right? So well, I Samuel, guess it did for him. But. It did for him. So Samuel, the Jewish pirate, who he set up, I forgot to talk about this, he set up kosher kitchens and synagogues on his pirate ships. He set up kosher kitchens and synagogues on his pirate ships. Why wouldn't he have just made the whole kitchen kosher? He did! Oh, okay. Well, but I'm sure there's other... Pe- it's a pirate ship. There's I mean, other- but it doesn't <laughs> hurt to all- eat... It doesn't, oh. like, hurt you to eat kosher. It doesn't, but a Catholic guy on Not a Friday is going to want to have pork. Because, you, could- you know, bacon. Okay. Yeah, bacon. Bacon! But... Bacon. Turkey bacon. I guess they didn't have that they didn't in the have part, 1500s. Bacon. But. Anyway, so the judge thinks he's awesome. He's like, you're a cool dude. So he sets him free. Well, sweet little Sammy goes back to Holland. However, sadly, two years later, after being in the English prison in, on February 4th, 1616, he dies at the age of, 16, of 66 due to complications of illness that he contracted while he was in the English prison. 66, though, is not bad. 66 is not bad. He is a fucking pirate in the 1600s. Yeah. He lived to 66. I wouldn't bitch. No. At all. His his funeral was attended by thousands of people. Thousands of people came out to pay their respects to Pirate Samuel, um, including Prince Maurice and his family. So was he known by Pirate Samuel, or like what was he most known by, do you know? No, because his tombstone, which contains a proverb, a proverb from Proverbs, um, was in Hebrew, and I couldn't read it. Oh, you don't read it. You don't know Hebrew out of your zero to one languages. <laughs> My zero to one languages, Hebrew, Hebrew is not one of them. But what I just think is amazing is, you know, we combined literally in one story. I combined Morocco, Spain, Casablanca, Spain, Portugal, pirates. Portugal, England, Jewish people, England, all in one freaking story that I had not heard of ever. Ever. And until so I started reading this. Basically, you're trying to show me up. No, I'm not trying to show you up. I'm just trying to tell you that Samuel, Samuel Poliche was a badass. I've never heard anything about that. Like, I've I never heard of Samuel Pleche. I guarantee you, most of the people listening have not heard anything not about that. Not heard of Samuel Pleche. Okay, so look up Samuel Pleche, and there's going to come up this really cute picture of this little man with a black beard and a black mustache in a turban. It's like when... Okay. But what's funny about that picture? It doesn't say, pictured Samuel Pleche. It says, pictured, blah, 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 believed to be Samuel Pleche. But, okay, so that's like when Tom Cruise plays a hero because he's so little. It's like he gets all the stuff done in his movies. And it's like, like it's not believable because, like, 
He's like this, like, oh, I'm Jack Reacher or whatever. Or like, oh, I'm Top Gun. But he's like this tiny little man. There's nothing wrong with tiny men. My husband's a tiny man. He's not, though, because, like, he's short, but he's not tiny. No. And, and, and my husband as well. He's short, but he's got big old friggin' shoulders. What does that have to do with Samuel Polichek? I'm just saying, like, the way you're describing him is like... Oh, Samuel Polichek. Yeah, he was, not a, he was not a massive guy. He was just a guy. Just it just reminded me of Tom Cruise being like, I am the hero, and I'm, I'm tiny. And I'm the shit. I'm a, I'm a Jewish pirate from Morocco. And yes, I did not talk about Hollywood in the 1940s for Casablanca. I- Bam! Surprise number two, because that I didn't. Yes, because I should talk about Bogey and McCall. Bogey and McCall are so interesting, and I could have talked about Bogey and McCall. Just like Bogey and McCall, because the story is so interesting, and I should have. But you know, it's a fucking Jewish pirate, right? Yeah. No, I never heard that story. It's a fucking Jewish pirate. I would have never known about it. No, we got to talk about the Jewish pirate, born in Morocco. So that's my story. What's yours? So I'm going to tell you about the murder of Lucy Blackman. Okay. So. Lucy Blackman. Yes. Lucy Blackman was a 21-year-old English woman. She lived in Casablanca? No. Not anything like Casablanca, actually. Did she die in the middle of the movie? Ah! You're so wrong. Okay. Tell me the story. So I gotta shut up. Lucy Blackman was a 21-year-old English woman. Okay. She had recently moved to Japan in early May of 2000. Oh, this is recent. Holy shit. Yeah, it's fairly recent. Her previous job was as a flight attendant for British Airways. She really wanted to see the world, and she loved working for British Airways. She's a flight attendant. Yeah, but the pay wasn't good. So she left British Airways to go to Japan and get a higher paying job. Okay. She had debts that she wanted to pay off, so that was, like, her main thing. Like, she's young. As you do. Yeah. Don't get debts, folks. If you are under 18 listening to this podcast, why the fuck are you listening to this podcast? Don't get debts. Don't get debts. Say no to the credit card in the quad at the college. Yes. If they're giving you a free t-shirt, it ain't worth it. You don't need a t-shirt! She was also looking to escape some family situations. Like, for example, her parents were going through a bitter divorce. She also had an ex-boyfriend that she was trying to leave behind. So she decided that, like, going overseas was her best... Probably, like, the best option, yeah. So she got to Japan... She was staying in a room with, or sharing a room with her friend Louise, who was also from England. England, and they learned that hostessing was going to be the most lucrative job, lucrative job that they could have. What's hostessing? So in Japan, hostessing is kind of akin to what the, came what out. What do you call it, people? The the, you know the white face girls. Yes, it came out of the out of Japan's geisha tradition. Okay. So the geishas were hired women who were hosting men, and they would basically be paid to entertain and talk to them about like their most important things, like business and. So you needed to be smart. Yes, you had to be smart. You had to be beautiful. You had to be... Do they still have to wear the full-on costume? No. This is, like, this is, like, completely, like, it came out of it. Like, it's reminiscent of it, but it's completely modern. Okay. So, 
she still seems kind of weird. It's a little weird. Like, it's Japan, though. So she found work as a hostess at the Casablanca nightclub. And that was in a in a district of Tokyo called Roppongi. Roppongi. Yes. And it's the Casablanca nightclub. Yes. That's where she worked, the Casablanca nightclub. So I listened to a podcast. There's like one podcast about this. About that? About this. About the story. And it was called like, well, I can't remember what it was called. (laughs) There was a podcast about, um, well, Bogey and McCall that I was going to do, but I didn't. So what podcast was it though? Do you remember? It was called like Mostly Murder or something like that. It was a British podcast. But anyway, they talked about how, oh yeah, so I listened to a podcast about this and they talked about how the Western women were like sought out because they were unusual and they can make more money than the Eastern women. Completely and totally off topic, but I and my cheerleading squad went to Hawaii between our junior and senior, actually it was our it was Christmas of our junior year in high school, to cheer at the Aloha Bowl. And there was myself and another friend, I'm not gonna say her name, who we were both naturally blonde. Our other naturally blonde friend who is incredibly Swedish did not come. So there was the two of us that were naturally blonde and we would literally get stopped on the streets for people to take our picture. They did not want to take their picture with us, they just wanted to take our picture. That actually happened to me being not a blonde. No, you are not. Not a blonde at all. Like, I have, for a white person, dark skin, dark hair, dark yeah, eyes. you look very Mediterranean. Yes. So, in the 90s, in Nebraska. Nebraska. I re- yes. I can picture a lot of blue-eyed blondes in Nebraska. Yes. Going into a Safeway with some other people I was backpacking with. They found out we were from California and wanted to take pictures of us because we looked so exotic. Like Because you weren't the typical California girl. No, because we looked like movie stars to them. Like, they were so plain. Funny. Like, not that we were fancy. Like, we're wearing, like, 90s camping gear. So I'm wearing, like, jean shorts yeah, and a t-shirt. But that was fancy to them. Oh, how funny. Funny. Yes. I've I've traveled to Minnesota and I can I can sort of see that. Like they followed us like we were oh, trying that's funny. Just people like the people that followed us in Hawaii were were they were not from America. In the nineties we were looking for bagels and they did not have bagels at this Safeway. Because bagels are a Jewish food from New York. Right? Oh, but that's it funny. was the nineties. It was the 90s in Nebraska. Like, why didn't they have bagels? Why didn't they have bagels? Anyway, so, So, Lucy. Back to Lucy. Back to Lucy. So, she was hired as a hostess. Um, Because, what does she look like? What is her, what is, what is she? She's English. She's blonde-haired. Okay, blonde. Yes. There you go. So, that's why, like, she was desirable because she was a Western woman. But these women, the hostesses, whether they were Asian, Western, whatever, they were paid platonic girlfriends. But some some of the women accepted outside dates with customers that varied. I mean, it could have just been, like, 
honestly like a platonic thing, but sometimes it led to more or sometimes it was actually more. Is she aware of this when she takes the job that this could be a possible um, extension? It's unclear. It's unclear when she took the job whether she was aware of it, but very soon in, within like the first month, she knew because she's working like basically they work like 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. is like kind of like their regular shift. There was a lot of drug use going on. Oh, my God. She didn't really participate in this, but she saw it. Um, she, like, wrote home to her mom about, like, these dates people were going okay, on. I have a question. In the 80s, um, the United States was very well known for um, the Coke culture. Did that then transfer over to other areas in the later years? It didn't specify. Okay. But, I mean, you can assume that that could that's very possible but like by the second month she was more accustomed to it she was like more accustomed to the hours whatever there's a girl doing drugs yeah she she liked it better her and her roommate louise like they were both hostessing they were earning up to 1500 pounds a month holy crap yeah so that's like three grand at her previous job at british airways being a um flight attendant she was earning like 18 grand a year in pounds oh my god i would never be a flight attendant and and those of you who are i i have a very good friend who's a flight attendant for a very prestigious airlines and he has an incredible life from according to his instagram but having been a cocktail waitress i cannot imagine doing that job in the air because people are kind of jerks well, that wasn't her problem with it. Like, she wanted to see the world. She wanted to get out. Oh, she, you, like, that's yeah. a perk, totally. I'm just talking about the guy who, there's not enough ice in this drink. This beer is cold. That's not what I ordered. That type yeah. of thing. She was, like, upset about the low pay and also the fact that, anyway, she wanted to make more money. She had some debts that she had to pay off. Right. So she's got to she's got to earn faster. Yeah, she was she Western women in this hostess in the hostessing world could make up to eighteen grand a month. Well, right, and if you have an asset that other people don't, aka blonde hair, mm-hmm. you are going to take advantage of said asset. And I she was think. making like eighteen grand a year as a flight attendant. Right. So month year high. And she was complaining about being about being um, like jet lagged all the time. Right. She didn't like that. So I can she, see. Yeah. I can see. So anyway, on July first of two thousand, Lucy went on a duhan, which is a paid date with a man who offered her a prepaid phone in in exchange for accompanying him to a restaurant near the beach. So she's not getting money. She's getting a phone. She's getting a prepaid cell phone weird it's 2000 that's weird so weird the date was supposed to happen during the daytime and lucy had plans later that evening with louise her roommate and a u.s marine that she had also been seeing and considered her boyfriend yeah he was actually stationed on an aircraft carrier and like they don't really go into detail about him but he seemed just like a normal like Guy. Marine. Yeah. 
Marines are hot. So Lucy called Louise at 7 p.m. that night and said that she was going to be home in 30 minutes. Okay. And then she was never heard from again. So she calls at 7 o'clock, so I'm going to be home by 7.30, and she's never heard from again. Right. So the next day, Louise, the roommate, received a phone call from a man who identified himself as Akira Takaki. And Akira said... Lucy has joined a newly risen cult. She ah! is safe, and she's training in a hut in Chiba. She's just up and joined a cult. Yeah. Just up and joined a cult. At this point, Lucy called the parents, Lucy's right? parents. Or Louise called Lucy's parents. As you would, because who just yeah. up and joins a cult? And Lucy's parents, even though like they had... Get up and get iced tea. Yeah. Lucy's parents came to Japan to try to, like, figure out what's going on to look for her. Bless their hearts that they can do yeah. that. On January 10th of 2001, so, like, six months later, basically. Six months. Yeah, Lucy's... Six months. Lucy's body was discovered buried in a shallow grave under a bathtub in a seaside cave. And the body had been dismembered and her head was shaved and encased in, cro- in concrete. That sounds cultish. It sounds weird. Okay, why did they put a bathtub over the top of the shallow grave? I don't know. About, I honestly don't know about the bathtub. I could that not find anything weird. else on it. Weird. But the cell phone number that was. That I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't have a bathtub in my backyard, but I have a bathtub in my backyard because I'm married to a plumber and he buys things. Also, and you don't have anyone buried under it. No, there's no, it's it's upright. Like it's upright. But. The investigators eventually, at the behest of the family and like all this political pressure, bugging them, they traced the cell phone that or the cell phone call that was made by Akira Takaki, and it was traced to a prepaid cell phone, and the cell phone was discovered. Like she got paid in, huh? She got paid in cell phones. Well, yeah, but it's a different cell phone. Okay. But that cell phone was like. Traced to have been bought by a man named Joji Obara. Okay. So they find they find out that the location of Lucy's body was only a few, like basically a few hundred meters from Joji's apartment. But okay, Joji's just some guy. Joji is just some guy who showed up. Joji made the phone call to Louise and said, Lucy's fine. She's in a cult. Don't bother her, basically. But Interesting. Yeah. And then they find out that Joji's apartment is only a few hundred meters from where... From where she was found. So... Joji's a creep. The police end up searching searching Joji's apartment, and they Uh found thousands of videos showing him molesting women. (gasps) Oh! Sometimes he was Joe, wearing a mask. she's a creep. Yes. Sometimes he was wearing a mask, but like it had spanned like, I want to say, I could be wrong about this, but it was like 16 years or 12 years of videos. Holy goodness sakes. Mm hmm. One of the women was positively identified as a 21 year old Australian woman, Karita Ridgway, who had died in 1992 in a hospital. How'd she get to the hospital? The police said that Joji was the man who had brought her to the hospital. Oh my goodness. So presumably, like, he went too far with that one, brought her to the hospital, dropped her off. I killed this one. 
They also found amongst his amongst his belongings numerous journals where he wrote about conquer play, quote unquote, conquer play, and taking revenge on women. Why does he have to revenge on women? He has problems. Apparently. Yeah. Lucy was not the first foreign woman in Japan to disappear, so many people criticized the Japanese police for not taking the previous missing people seriously. Oh, okay. We need to... Okay. I'm, stop. I'm, go on. Well... Pin in that. Yeah. Pin in that! But Lucy's case had been able to gain more publicity because her father, out of, like, some really, like abstract relationship was able to take the case to the British Prime Minister Tony Blair and get his attention with it. Wow. Yeah, it's something about how he knew Richard Branson, who is the founder of like Virgin and right. all that stuff. And like there was a, some something like they were in a cab together or there was a cab involved and like a eventually cab? Yeah. Oh eventually like it got the attention of Tony Blair. Okay, but Wow. I, I I don't even want to get into the fact that if you're blonde, you get different justice. Well, for I, sure, it, yeah. Sorry. Well, you're blonde, and, so and that's fine. I know, but but then can I say that? Can I, Am I allowed to say that if you're blonde, you get different justice? But I don't want to... We're not a political podcast. We're comedy and history and crime. Well, in this case, it wasn't just this that. This kind of irritates me. Yeah, it wasn't just that. It was also that her family like pushed forward so vigorously yes. and, and i and i get that i see yeah. that. that's 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 fine but i and they had this ah! they had this like tertiary relationship where they were able to get it to the attention of tony blair and he mentioned it when he met with the japanese prime minister which happened later like the same month that lucy went missing okay um, so they just, they're connected. Yeah. And that's, that's the luck of the draw. That's the roll of the dice. Yeah. It is what it is. And then they don't specify who this person is, but a businessman, quote unquote, offered a six figure reward for oh, wow. solving this case. Okay. But the good part is because of the publicity from Lucy's case, three other foreign women came forward and they described waking up sore and sick <gasps> after meeting with Joji. And no yeah, they had no memory of the previous night or nights. Cause sometimes it was up to 48 hours that they forgot. Oh my goodness. Cross yourselves and thank God. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. And they claim to have been ignored by the police when they reported the incidents. Ignored by the police. So, for, fast forward to 2007, Joji was jailed for life for multiple rape charges because of all these videos. They were able to connect them back to people. He was all he was also jailed for one mans manslaughter charge. Uh huh. He was acquitted of Lucy's rape and murder because the Why? Pro the prosecutors could not produce any forensic evidence linking him to her death. The rape claims from the previous people were backed up by the videos and uh -huh. in the case of Carita Ridgeway the Australian they were able to prove manslaughter by showing traces of chloroform in her system on autopsy but I'm going to tell you about the circumstantial okay. evidence right. that was pointing to Joji being responsible for Lucy's death Joji's responsible for yeah. Lucy's death yes. 
So there were internet searches by Joji for how to dispose of a body. And, oh my good lord! Yeah, and where to dis- and where to purchase sulfuric sulfuric acid. Hi Siri, where can I purchase sulfuric acid and dispose of a body? Hi Joji, you can purchase that <laughs> at Bevmo. Oh no. <laughs> Bevmo is going to boycott us. Not Bevmo. I, that, <laughs> I was thinking about where we can purchase our beverages. I'm just saying, but Joji's stupid. So then there was also a receipt for a chainsaw that he had purchased after the right after the disappearance. Why doesn't he pay cash? The well, I don't know, but the chainsaw was never located, and the wounds on Lucy's body were not inconsistent with the marks that would have come from the chainsaw that was purchased. It still seems weird to murder and de... What's that called? To When you dismember. take a part of that, dismember a body, and you just purchased a chainsaw. Yeah. And finally, the police had been called to Joji's apartment on July 3rd, which... You remember Lucy vanished on July 1st. Okay. And they were there to investigate a noise complaint. And when From a chainsaw? No, it was actually a little different, but <laughs> it could have been. But basically, Joji, Joji arrived at the door with, like, no shirt on. He had, Blood like, everywhere? No blood. Just <laughs> shirtless. And he said that he was chipping up tile in his bathroom and refused to let him really investigate further. And they didn't have any other reason to suspect otherwise, so... Oh, just some dude chipping up tile. Okay. Well, yes, if you literally were going to some dude's house where there was noise and he said he was chipping up tile, you'd believe him. Yeah, they had no other reason at right. all to right. suspect that it was other than that. That so makes sense. They... That's pretty much it, so... Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Am I an expert? <laughs> No. Yes, are you an expert? But no, I'm not remembering where this relates to Casablanca. Because Lucy worked at the Casablanca Club. <gasps> that's right. That's right. Mine does not relate to Casablanca at all. It just happened to take place in the same country where Casablanca is well, located. Well, I guess that proves it then. We're not experts. We're just drunks. So what if people like this and they want to talk to us? They can contact us. There's How? a number of ways. Okay, what? So you can email us at crimeandtimeotr at gmail.com. And we also would be happy to have your cocktail suggestions. Yes, please send us cocktail ideas. Um, you can talk to us on Facebook at Facebook at Crime and Time on the Rocks. We're on Instagram, too. We're at Crime and Time. And child number one handles our Instagram it's for adorable. the most part. So. It's adorable. Um, and Twitter, we're at Crime and Time. So tweet at us. Or, you know, whatever you do. Whatever you do.